Hello and welcome to Golazo, the Mexican football podcast from the Football Grad Network. I'm your host, Bryce Dunn, and joining me, as always, is Manu Vett. Manu, how's your week been? Oh, Bryce, it just started, but it feels like it's been going on for a long time. Um, we have we, we just recorded the, the Gegen Pressing podcast and... Um, you know, the previews for the Champions League all out. So, you know, looking forward to just chat about Mexican football with you for 45 minutes. So it's been busy, but good. How about you? How How's your week been? Yeah, not too bad. Um, Monday out of the way, I suppose, mostly. Um, back-to-back pods is always fun. I, I quite enjoy it. Uh, it's good to do Monday, isn't it? It sets us up for the weekend. So while everything is still fresh in people's heads, we can address the weekend's action. So Bundesliga is out of the way. And we're going to talk Mexican and uh, Liga MX. So, um, yeah, let, let's just dive right in. Um, it, it's getting closer and closer to the Liga. This was match day 15 out of 17. Most of the teams um, have played now 15 games. Uh, there will be a one exception to that, which we'll get to all in good time. But I feel we need to speak about the uh, big game at the weekend, which was Monterey taking on Club America. This scene, uh, top of the table, Monterey um, actually beats uh, Club America at home uh, 2-0. Uh, there was a sending off here in the game, but um, into the second half, that didn't uh, change uh the result whatsoever. We we have been saying, haven't we, Manu, that uh, Club America have had um, a somewhat better campaign than what um, well, I, I suppose would have been predicted at the start. Uh, we thought it would be a transitional year with Herrera returning, but uh, Monterey really have been uh, well head and shoulders above everyone else, and I think this uh, result um, has just demonstrated that. So reinforced their dominance uh, in in the aperture so far. Um, a, a great result for them. Yeah, I mean, this is this pretty much um, almost secures first spot for them, doesn't it? In the um, regular season standings, um, looking at the table right now, they are they have 14 games played, just like Tigers who are on second spot, and we'll get to them in just a moment. And... Um, 10, 10, 10 wins, three draws, one defeat, 25 to nine goals. That's very, very solid as well. Um, 33 points, five points ahead. Um, it, it's hard to imagine, you know, that someone will dislodge them from that first spot in those, in those three remaining games. Um, I guess the, the big, the big question is, um, they have that makeup game that they're playing next Thursday, right? Uh, Tigers are playing their makeup game. Uh, midweek so um, as you said we'll get to that but yeah massive result for them and um you know we we talked about how club america are the side that we thought they were in transition and um that they will take some time um to really gel again under uh, and um really didn't take that much time a lot less time than we expected and they looked so good for much of the season but i guess um wondering where they were at what kind of level they are right now um i guess we now know from from this game on the weekend that um they are a good side but they're not on that very top top level aren't they no i, I still think uh, club america have some way to go uh to 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 really uh be up uh to what well, to to the bar that uh, Monterey have actually set uh, this season. Uh, I think they've probably done uh, better than people have expected. Uh, but in the last two weeks, we, we've seen them falter a little bit. Uh, but still, still a great campaign. Uh, I would imagine that Herrera will uh, be able to work with them throughout the Ligia. Can they win the Ligia? I'd, I don't think so. Um, I think it would be a step too far on this. Uh, they've they're one of these sides that we see when it comes to a knockout football and they can raise their game uh, and really knock on. I mean, Tigres is one side that we will speak about and they're certainly a side that have done that in the past. Uh, will they do that? I don't know. I mean, Her- Herrera is a very good man management and you know, normally has his team set up fairly solid, especially at the back. But uh, I think it'll be a step too far. And I, I think this ultimately will come down to being a... Uh, a transitional uh, year for them, and um, I I think though the Clausera will be a 
will be an exciting time for Club America fans. I think there's a lot to be excited there, and I, I, I think that they'll really challenge with like some Monterey and well, a, a few of the other teams, which we'll speak about um, next year. This year, I, I think a step too far, but I think we can uh, more or less say that they will be in the Ligia as well, and Monterey will be in there uh, featuring and it looks like they're going to be uh, top of the table. Uh, Manu, w- would you say that um, probably a step too far to become uh, like a champions uh, for Club America, but Monterey, it's, it, it looks on. They're going on into this um, full steam ahead. Yeah, uh, full steam ahead. And as it stands right now, they would play La Machina uh, in Cruz Azul, although um, I guess we'll get to that game in a moment too, so I'm not giving it too much away, but you know, you set yourself up really nicely by getting that first place because you get to play, um, the team lowest ranked, right? And I guess we'll get to the territory now where we sort of have to start explaining a little bit how the playoffs work. So first we'll play eighth, uh, second we'll play seventh, third we'll play, um, sixth and so on and so on, right? So you, you want to finish the Liguela first, um, or in a high position in order to get that. Um, to get that higher ranking spot and the higher ranked team usually also has the, um, has the home advantage in, in the second leg, right? Which is also uh, an advantage that you, you don't want to give away. So, um, there is good reasons to finish, you know, a lot of people saying, Oh, why are you playing a regular season if it, you play playoffs? Well, the regular season is very important because it sets you up for that uh, playoffs very well. And the higher you finish, the better your chances. So I think it's really hard to look beyond them. And I think the main reason why you can't really look beyond them is that consistency. You know, remember when we talked before the international break about the dangers of them maybe um, losing form a little bit? Well, they did. But even when they weren't on top form, they were still winning games. And I think that is really, that that's, that's really something quite significant. If you, even if you're not on top form, you're still winning your games. That means that, you know, um, that's perfect for playoffs because it just shows you that you know how to get the job done. Yeah, very much so. Um, as you said, they have been so consistent. I mean, 14 games played, I mean, 10 wins, three draws and one loss is, is phenomenal, really. I mean, that, that's almost as, as perfect as it could be. Uh, they, they have also scored for fun. We talked about you know, them possibly having a slip. I mean, if we look back a few weeks ago, we we seen them um, come out of the international break, and yes, they they did beat uh, Pachuca, but straight after that, unexpectedly, they lost to uh, to Puebla. I don't think anyone could have called that. And so we said that will the the wheels maybe not come off, but be slightly unhinged. Uh, that that wasn't quite the case, was it? Uh, they they went back to their business. It did help that they had Pumas. The week after and managed to beat them one nil, but yeah, once again you know they've they've just went out of uh, coming up against a, a sterner, tougher test in Herrera's uh, Club Americans. Well, they've, they've put them to the sores and yeah, but I mean a two nil, rather convincing uh, victory. I I think they're going to see out the rest of the campaign. They've got Santos Laguna next in the cup. Uh, I I think um, they can start to uh, concentrate even on that. Uh, you take one eye slightly off the league in the last uh, two games and yeah, to try and make a bit of a headway uh, there as well. So, you know, it, if that's something that they wanted to do, maybe uh, maybe it won't be. But, uh, yeah, I think it's been an extremely impressive uh, campaign for them. We, we did worry early doors whether they were slightly top-heavy. They do have uh, numerous options up top, uh, a little bit like Tigres, but, but yeah, they, they've, they've seen them. Um, no, well, they've been near impossible to stop, haven't they? Apart from that uh, Puebla slip up, last two games we'll see them uh, play Lobos. Lobos are so hit and miss. I mean, you know, they're very much bipolar, as we uh, expressed uh, them to be uh, previously, and then finishing off the campaign um, at home to Tigres, which um, it should be a fantastic game. But it's, the only thing is, um, Monterey could be so far ahead that. They don't really have to take the game very seriously. I think they will, but um, yeah, that that could be an interesting as one as well. And I, I think we'll get to Tigres in a little bit as they've uh, they've moved up the table as well. But Manu, let's um, let's talk a little bit um, about um, 
well, a rather interesting topic and a topic that we've uh, followed quite intensively um, over the last uh, few weeks and months, and that is Rafa Marquez and Atlas. Uh, Atlas look pretty good at the moment, I must say. Uh, they, they started the campaign off extremely well, uh, but then really fell off. I, I think they went five games without a win, and this was after Rafa Marquez uh, was linked to... Um, well, different uh, drug cartels, wasn't he? Which uh, was rather unexpected. I mean, Ra- Rafa Marquez obviously has been uh, not just the club captain, but he's he's been you know, the the captain of uh, the Mexican uh, national side. Uh, he's always come across very professional and donated money to likes of um, likes of schools uh, in the areas that he grew up. He grew up in a rather rough area, but also um, was the head of the players' union as well. So the the last person that you would expect to, to get such uh, links. Um, but we, we've, we've talked about that enough. He was actually back in the side uh, this week. And him and our, our personal favourite as well, Ravel Morrison, um, had a had a pretty strong game if we... Um, if we talk about it, Ravel Morrison scoring after three minutes. Um, I mean, they they were down against uh, against Carotero, uh, but uh, Volpe managed to let them back into it. Atlas looked strong, uh, I must say, at the same time, but they were handed two goals on a plate. Ravel Morrison took his goal very well, must I say, after Volpe passed it to him, and he struck home from about 20 yards. Manu, uh, I just, what exactly is the story here with uh, Rafa Marquez? I mean, before we, we even talk about uh, any other side of uh, Atlas, uh, is is he back for good now? I mean, they're not far off Ligia. If they get into Ligia, is is he able to play? And there's there's talk that he's not allowed to enter the US, which is less than surprising. Yeah, this is oh, okay. Uh, this is this is a really really um complicated story right so um let's maybe start with the easy one and that is that rafa marcus is playing he's back with atlas and um he's okay um to play as long and this is this is according to his lawyer um he is paid in pesos um so and not in u.s currency the the the, the thing is um U.S. currency, the moment you are paid in U.S. currency, price means that you fall under U.S. jurisdiction. Um, this is no matter where in the world. So basically, um, to explain this the best way, uh, if you commit a crime that involves U.S. dollars anywhere on the planet, the CRI is legally allowed to get involved in. Um, one good example is the recent FIFA scandal where the U.S. Um, basically, with the help of the Swiss government, arrested FIFA officials. The reason why the CAA was allowed to get involved in um, jurisdictionally is because the bribes were paid in U.S. dollars, right? So Rafa Marcus is, appears on a State Department list as a suspect involved in uh, a drug cartel. Now, that's a very serious allegation. We talked about the how serious of an allegation this a few weeks ago on a podcast. Now, um, I recently did write an article um, for footballgrad.com, and this is actually related to sanctions imposed by the U.S. government on Russia, but um, also involves a football team, and also the sanctions are from the State Department. And the thing is, if you on that sanction list and... Um, you not just the company or the entity is in trouble, but anyone make doing business business with the entity. So there's a person or a company can um, can be sanctioned in consequence. So if you if you as an individual, for example, are on the sanction list and I'll make do business with you, then I can be sanctioned for that. Right? That is that is one of the the big problems, and this is one of the issues with this with the State Department list that also names Rafa Marcus because the the moment anyone does business with him, that person or entity could be sanctioned. Um, one of the problems is, of course, Coca-Cola with the with the uh, Mexican Football Federation, the sponsor of the Mexican Football Federation, and the Coca-Cola is a U.S. company, right? How will Coca-Cola react to this is a good question because technically, you are, Coca-Cola is a U.S. company, um, could fall into that possible sanction list. Now that's all very complicated and 
um, they don't they don't seem to really know how how this is all going to impact um, the status of Rafa Marcus, how it's going to impact his club, his career. Um, it's all very complicated. His his lawyer, as I said, is is adamant um, that he can play anywhere but in the United States, and as long as he's not paid in U.S. dollars. So the rest, I guess, will we have to wait and see. Now that's of course impacting his his club, right? Um, he's playing for them now, and he's been he was very good in this game. Um, but always in the back of the mind, there's always that possibility of that case coming back, and I. I'm not sure, you know, you have the, you have that dressing room and, um, how is that going to impact the dressing room? You know, something like that can be a rallying factor, but it can also be something that really negatively impacts the dressing room. And that is something I guess we have to wait and see. Um, they, the results in the league have been, have been pretty good. They do, they did lose in the Koba MX to Chivas. Um, although, you know, teams, certain teams take it more serious than others. Chivas will probably take that Koba MX very serious now because they cannot make the Liguela right, Bryce. So, um, maybe a result that we can disregard a little bit. Yeah, that's it. I mean, you could look at them maybe turning their focus onto that. Um, I, it's, it's been a bit of a disaster period for Chivas, hasn't it? Um, and may, maybe that would be some way for uh, Almeida to retain a little bit of respect. Uh, you know, I, t- I don't think he'll quite get the chop soon, but I suppose that would just uh, buy him a little bit of time. Um, yeah, but but say uh, it feels like we um, haven't uh, sung the praises of Ravel Morrison enough. Um, he seems to be getting his head down and getting on with things, which has uh, always been a problem uh, for him at uh, previous clubs. We've seen him at the likes of. Uh, well, Manchester United, he started out with but West Ham, a disaster. QPR, a disaster. Uh, Lancio, you know, a non-start, really. And, yeah, he, he seems to be plugging away, doesn't he, Manu? Um, I mean, we, we talked about, you know, how um, he's obviously going to bring uh, a bit of an English audience um, to Liga MX, uh, you know, a bit more interest, which is great for the league. But um, we, we question whether... Mexico and his attitude would actually be a, a a perfect fitting, and yeah, it is very early days. Things can still go wrong, you know. I'm not getting ahead of myself, but it, they've got a bit of confidence in him, and they they seem to be getting um well positive performances out of him, and he he seems um happy so far. Anyway, um, Manu, do, do you think that um? Well, do, do you think that maybe uh, Ravel Morrison could be seen as a diamond in the rough that um, Atlas are uh, just uh, looking at polishing at the moment? I do think so. It's interesting too when you when you see where he plays on the field. It's um, you know further down in, in the back, so sort of on the left when you look at the heat map. Um, just outside the box is where he was the most active. Um, pass accuracy of ninety five. 0.7%. That's very good. You know, um, two crosses, one hit the target. Shots on target, four to two. One fifty percent of his duels. You know, SofaScore gave him a rating of seven point seven. That's very good as well. And it's interesting how he how he's playing in that that midfield, or the triangle midfield. You know, the the way Atlas are playing is in a four one four one. You know, and Rafa Marquez in that case was the, was the defensive midfielder, the pivot. And Rafa, Rafa Morrison together with uh, Edgar Saldivar played in that, um, attacking midfield right behind uh, Milton Caraglio, right? So they, they gave him a lot of room, um, in the attacking midfield to develop his play. And it seems to be really suiting him quite well. And, you know, it's, we had our doubts about how he's going to, take this league on and how he's going to adjust and he's adjusting really well. And I think maybe just the ability to play uh, football, you know, to get the time to play, um, to be on loan far away from Europe where he has struggled um, despite his limitless talent, he has struggled. And this seems to be a fantastic environment for him to just, you know, play football and nothing else. And I think maybe just maybe, they they can get the most out of him and he can get his career on, finally on track. Yeah, most certainly 
Who would have thought years ago? Well, I suppose plenty may have thought that when he was first coming through that, yeah, he'll be uh, lining up um, alongside the likes of Rafa Marquez. Uh, fortunately, I suppose we didn't um, see it coming maybe as many years down the line and with both players um, having such uh, troubled times. But um, we hope that um, obviously both of them can have a, a more positive uh, few weeks, months and years. Um, I know Rafa... Marcus may not have too much longer in his career, but um, it would be um, it would be a shame if it went out the way that it looked like it was going to a few months ago, uh, especially with uh, such a big uh, name that he is in Mexican football. But um, yeah, I, I think well we we have plenty of topics here to talk about. But Manu, let, let's touch a little bit on the um, midweek game. So uh, on this well in. The UK, anyway, it's going to be played on the second, probably over with the likes of you, Manu, on the first. But the round eight match, yes, round eight. Um, we see now Atlas uh, versus uh, Tigers. Atlas, um, yes, have had their issues um, uh, this season. They've had good times and bad times. So this seemed a little bit, um, I don't know, I don't know what the right word would be, maybe idiotic, maybe um, unprofessional, uh, but they uh, hung up a uh, screen above the stand earlier in the season. This was obviously uh, round eight, um, but it was too low, uh, deemed too low. And in the photos, it looks very, very low, uh, might I say, uh, Manu. We, we kind of laughed about it at the time, but they're going to be uh, playing uh, midweek, um, taking on Tigris. And Tigris have um, had a very... Uh, very positive few weeks uh, moving up to second in the league. Um, do, do you see Atlas uh, coming out on top of this one? I mean, they're at home. They've got um, Rafa Marquez back. Is this um, going to be a tough test for Tigres? Tigres have been so good, though, Bryce. Uh, you know, they, they are now second in the standing. And I mean, yes, Atlas have been getting some good results. I just have to laugh a little bit about that stadium thing. It's so funny at the Estadio Jalisco where they have the with the video with the video box, I guess. Um yeah, that was funny. But I, I'm not I'm not sure if they if they have what it takes to take down Tigris. And I guess we'll talk about Tigris and their resurgence um run, raising up the table really, I guess since the last five, six weeks they have been in, in stellar form. And Yes, Atlas got Rafa Morrison scoring and Rafa Marcus is back. We'll, we'll provide them plenty of experience to play against a side like that. But I fully expect that Tigers are going to get the three points on, and you're right. It's Wednesday for me. It's, uh, Wednesday, November 1st, uh, North American time. And, um, I, I think that they're going, the Tigers are going to win this game and push Monterey. Um, you know, one, two Monterey challenge on the very top of the table to maybe even first spot just down the line. Um, see if Monterey can get any kind of slip up if they can benefit from it. And, um, it's, it's going to be a fascinating game to watch on Wednesday, but I'm, I'm, I'm certain that Tigres will have it. Yeah. You're talking about how good Tigres are. We obviously know the star part that they have up top, uh, with like Sevgeniak. Uh, Eduardo Vargas as well, who we did tip at the start of the season to be potentially uh, one of the uh, breakthrough players and to really um, have a great campaign. And he did score this weekend and uh, he he really has stood out. He stood out for all the right reasons after stuttering previously at other clubs. But to go back to uh, Tigres' form, uh, if, if we look, uh, they've actually, in the last six games, only lost one and won the other five. So they really have. They've, they've been the team which we did mention, Manu. When it comes to uh, ending the campaign, getting into the Ligia, they always seem to do this. They hit form just at the right time and they go in very strong. And I would say you'd be a brave man to bet against them. Monterey, sure, have, have been very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they had a fantastic season, but you know the three games left are tough for Tigres. But I I don't think uh, Nicaxa Tigre or Nicaxa Monterey or Atlas would fancy taking them on at the moment. It wouldn't be the holiday season if there wasn't candy, right? 
Celebrate the holiday season with the Holiday Crush. They've sprinkled candy with a holiday theme and fun-packed challenges every week for five whole weeks, finishing on January 4th. The more challenges you complete, the better your chances of unwrapping delicious rewards. So, are you ready to crush the holidays? Play the Holiday Crush now. Download it from the App Store, Google Play, or Windows Store for free. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah, and the one thing that I think that Tigers have over their city rival, uh, Monterey, is we talk top-heavy, right, for for Monterey. And Tigers were top-heavy, too, especially after they lost Pizarro to Sevilla. Um was very important to them in, in terms of finding that balance in midfield. But when you look at the side now and the players that the Tigers have brought in. Um, you have to keep in mind, Kolochichak doesn't even start for the side right now. Um, and then they have Rafael Cariosa in, in midfield, the center midfield, who I think has done a good job replacing Pizarro. And that's, that means that they, they have that attacking, um, ability, you know, Gignac and Valencia and Vargas and, um, very strong players. And then, then you have in the, in the back of the hand, you have Jurgen Damm. That can come off or come on. You have Ismail Sosa who can come on. You know, that's, it's a lot of firepower on that side, but at the same time, it's very balanced. And I think that that maybe just maybe could give them an edge in a potential playoff game, um, against Monterey and Monterey have been, uh, at least since I follow Liga MX, been, the side that's kind of been able to like throw away, um, you know, a, a very good regular season in the playoffs. And I'd be curious to see how those two will do. But I'll, I, I expect Bryce that we wouldn't actually see those two play against each other until the final this time around. Yeah, it would be unlikely with uh, the two teams in first and second, quite possibly. They will finish first and second. They may swap over. Yeah. I I think Monterey will do enough to to stay in first, if I'm honest. But mm. uh, that would mean, obviously, they would play the teams that finish in uh, seventh and eighth. Who at the moment are Toluca and Cruz Azul. Uh, I'm sure that that will change by the by the end of the campaign. But yeah, I d- I don't see them. Um, I don't see them meeting until uh, further down the line. And if I was to put money, who would get further into the Ligia? I think I just uh, I really think it's hard to look past Tigres. They've just got the experience. They just seem to be able to turn it on uh, at the right moment. Uh, people might think, looking at the table, that that's a crazy thought. But uh, I I think uh, I think Tigres um, may just do it again. But um, let's see. Let's see. Let's talk about um, Tigres. Um, obviously, uh, took on Cruz Azul over the weekend, and I just mentioned Cruz Azul. They're they're now down to eighth. We had talked about them having a very strong season, uh, but it seems they went slightly off the boil, hasn't it? Um, they're not quite as strong as what they were, and a little bit concerning now for their aspirations to get into the gear. Uh, Manu, what exactly went wrong there, or, or, or do you even know? Well, it's not actually, you know, I think that Cruz Azul, looking back at this half season, even if they missed the playoffs, they can, they can look back at it and say it's a, it's a big improvement over what happened to them in the last, well, how long has this been going on now, Bryce? 10 years. And I think that. Yeah. Far too long. <laughs> yeah. And they, they are in a rebuild and I think they are doing more things right and wrong. And even this match, it wasn't. It wasn't like that they were completely outplayed by Tigers. There's no shame losing to Tigers, I think. And uh, I watched this match and I thought this was actually a good game. And losing there is, it's okay. It happens, right? And I see a lot of positives with this side, you know, especially um, guys like Francisco Silva or Edgar Mendes and Felipe Mora. There's a lot there. And the right kind of investments and the, the right kind of additions and, and depth and, and talent can go a long way to, to make that next step. And I think that when you look at the season and the way they've played this season, they have been for a long time, very consistent, you know, one of the last teams to, to receive a de- defeat. And 
it's it's really learning from that and taking the taking something away from that and building on it and build on the consistency going into next season. That's really where it is at. Conserve it. And I think there's still a good chance that they do make the Ligue 1, which would be a success for them as well. So it's, it has it, has it gone completely wrong for them? I don't think so. I think they are where they, they still actually maybe even above what a lot of people expected from them, right? And I think if they make the, Ligoela, that's a, that will be a, seen as a big success and as something that they can build on. And when you look at the, the little details, I mean, they, they, they scored 19 goals, but they also conceded 21, right? So defense isn't quite there. Um, they, there was a couple of games in there that were draws that they should have maybe won. Um, so that's, that's little tiny things that have to be adjusted. And uh, it seems like that they, it's a willingness by the owners to to make those adjustments. The club is also moving back to the Azteca in in a couple of years, and that that will grow the profile of the team as well. So I think they're on a on a good path, and maybe they make the Ligoela this this year, which would would catapult them, help them a little bit. But you know, it doesn't really matter if they make the Ligoela. I anticipate that you know they will probably make it the seventh or eighth team, which means they're going to play. Uh, Monterey or Tigers in the first round and whether one or two more games this season will actually help them that much. I'm not so sure. Yeah, it's going to be tough for them. I think, uh, I, I think it has been a, a positive uh, campaign for them. Uh, I do agree with what you're saying. I, th- I think that they are, are doing more positive things than they are negative. I think they brought a little bit of firepower in, uh, which they lacked last year. And I, th- I think that's helping massively. I think um, I think Paco Jimenez, a lot of people thought that he would be one of the first guys to go this season. I think he's finally got through to the players, what, he, what he's been working on. Um, he's he's toned it down a little bit in the press. And I, I think things are going in the right direction. If they fail to make Ligia, I, I think it will be a shame. I, th- I, think, um, I think their fans deserve it. I think the club deserve it. And I, I do feel that they've They've had a, a more positive campaign than negative, as you were saying. It would be a little bit of a shame, but they, uh, unfortunately, they've they've just lost three of their last four. And before that, you know, the, Cruz Azul had only lost once. Uh, it's just uh, funny how quickly something like that can uh, can turn around, isn't it? I, I, they're just making woeful errors at the back in the moment which they hadn't been doing so far and I, I think before the last four weeks uh, Manu, you and I had spoke about how they'd be the perfect Ligia team, you know, they're very tough to break down, they they like a draw you know, and then they like to beat teams, you know, with, in low scoring games uh, if they play Monterey or play Tigres and they go through 7th or 8th, will they beat them? I just, I just don't see it. I see it as being a step too far. I think really, you know, they're, they're going to have to do their best to try and leap above those two positions and maybe get in a fifth or sixth, even though it's a massive, massive ask uh, going in the last few games. But uh, I, I think they're going to have to really knuckle down and uh, play their hearts out if they want to get past maybe that first Legia stage. Uh, I mean, Manu, if, if we look at their matches just before we move on to uh, one of the teams that they'll actually be playing, mm. uh, they've got Morelia uh, coming up next, and then they've got Veracruz. Veracruz in the last day, I can see them winning that one at home, sure. But them playing away to Morelia, oh, that's that's going to be a very interesting game. Uh, whether they can beat Morelia, I'm not too sure if they can. Morelia have looked good. Yeah, no, there's a side that's turned it around in the last year. <laughs> um, in- Massively. Since, since that's, uh, well, they're managing to qualify the Ligia last year, but at the same time almost getting relegated. I mean, God, the fortunes really have changed. But, but just, just before we talk about them, do you, mm-hmm. one last uh, comment on Cruz Azul. Do you see them finishing in Ligia with those two games? Or uh, if, if you do, do you see them finishing higher than the likes of 7th or 8th? It's really come down to just two games. That's hard to believe. I had to check, quickly wrap my head around that, Bryce. Um, we're that close, aren't we? Uh, every time. Every time it does this to us. Yeah. You think that stuff should be wrapped up early doors and it never is. It's 
Well, then it's pretty much two must-win games. And when you look at the standings, Morelia, that's something hard to believe too, Bryce. They're third. <laughs> Morelia third. That's unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah. and Absolutely unbelievable. And, you know, they are there on goal difference right now, but still that's, that's a big achievement for them. They're ahead of America. I, I think Cruz Azul need to win that game on Friday against Morelia if they want to have a chance of making the playoffs. I think that will be pretty much the decisive game. And um, Morelia, they win that game. Morelia wins that game, then they're in the playoffs, you know, possibly as one of the seeded teams. Uh, that's a hard task, um, really a hard ask for, for Cruz Azul. And, uh, I'm not sure that they will get that result. It's in, in Morelia as well. And, uh, that has been a good play, a really difficult place for teams to play at. So I hate doing predictions, but I, I expect Monarchus will win that game. Yeah, I, I think you're right, but it, I mean, you keep looking at different areas uh, of the table and the fixtures and there's so many layers to this. Uh, because, I mean, Atlas are playing Tigres midweek. So if, if Atlas were to beat Tigres, then Morelia will be going into this game thinking, if we, if we win this, we could actually leapfrog them into second, piling on pressure to, to Tigres. But also, Cruz Azul will drop out of the Ligia. So Cruz Azul will go into the game thinking, we need a win so we can get back into the Ligia. So actually, if Atlas were to manage to, to beat uh, Tigres, yeah, based on, on form and the players uh, and whatever else you want to take into it, it, it may be a, a big ask, but mm. that would just that would really throw a spanner into the works and make things even more interesting come that game on Friday. So, um, oh, I'm kind of excited. Yeah, the, the game on Wednesday is actually big for, for storylines, following the storylines of the league, because it determines so much on the very top of the table, but also on that fringe right between, I guess, 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th um, places. Because, as you said, if Atlas win that game, then they, they jump into the Liguela spot, which means that Cruz Azul pretty much do have to win on Friday against Monarcas. But if if Atlas win that, then Monarchus will be saying, oh, look, if that result, um, that result went for us and then Tigers are playing Nikaxa on Saturday, which is also a tough opponent. And if they lose that, then we are second. Um, so it's a really, that, that Wednesday game is going to be very important for the storyline that is, that is, um, the playoffs. And I mean, this is, I love, I love using that term storyline because one of all the guys that we have on the, the football grad network chat, Matt Harkins, right? Who writes often about South American football. He, he likened it to, uh, Mexican wrestling because it has like that, um, it has like that storyline kind of feel to it that there's like stories going on within the league that you have to follow. And if you miss one, one match day, you're basically kind of out of the loop and, you don't know what storylines are happening. That's kind of the, the, what's going on with Liga MX. It's kind of like a telenovela all the time. And Wednesday is going to be a very important episode. If you missed that Wednesday episode, you have no clue. You kind of have to backwatch it. Otherwise, you, you're not going to make sense of it on the weekend, right? <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's, it's very true. One. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, then we look at the weekends and... I suppose Atlas, if they can win that game midweek, I mean, we're all talking hypothetically at this stage, but that's what you've got to do when it comes down to the last two games. You earn so much for stake. You know, they'll be then away to Chivas and they will be very confident going into that game and will really fancy their chances as, to be honest, most teams do going to, to play Chivas, um, at the moment. But yeah, that's, um, that will pile on so much pressure to Cruzul because they'll know that Atlas will probably get three points out of that game. You would imagine. Um, you mentioned the Tigris. Then um, on Saturday we'll play uh, Nakaxa. Let's talk about Nakaxa for a moment. I I, th- I think another uh, surprising team. We talked about Morelia being surprised. Uh, Leon lesser so, um, and most of the other sides uh, knocking about maybe Cruzul a little bit, but Nakaxa have been. I've been just going about their their job as well as as uh, along with Morelia, and 
you know, this weekend we we seen them win five nil. I mean, five goals from Nakaxa. Yes, it was against Lobos, and we did describe them several times as bipolar, but. You know, they absolutely took it to them and they look like a team that are very, very determined to get into the Ligia. And they stamped uh, or put a, a hell of a, a stamp down on that uh, this weekend. Um, one of the surprises of the season, Manu. Yeah, they are. But you know what? Nikaxa are a little bit bipolar too because Nikaxa lost to Santos Laguna about, well, two weeks ago, right? Then they beat Club America and then they lost... Um, to Santos Laguna in the cup. And then they'll go and beat, um, Lobos 5-0. And it's just, um, one of those things where, where you don't really, you can't really quite put your finger on, on what side is going to show up. And when you, when you look at it, I mean, six wins, six draws, three defeats. It's pretty, basically everything is possible of them, but they have been very good and they have, you know, just a very, it's kind of like a side that's been flying a little bit underneath the table. And uh, when you, when you look at the, the way they're, they have been playing, it's, there is not the, that one standout player in their, in their side. Um, you know, possibly the biggest star is, um, Martin Baragan, who, you know, who has a lot of assists for the team. Um, he's, he's fourth in assists, uh, together with Ruben Samboeza from Toluca. But there is not that one top scorer in that side. It's um, it's it's a team that doesn't really. Is, there is no one that really stands out. I think I mentioned that already last week. And those are always very dangerous teams to play against because you can't really calculate of what they're going to do. And I mean that Lobos performance was stunning. Um, very good all around. It's just um, clinical, perfectly executed game plan. And, um, yeah, that's three nil at half time as well. Three nil at half time, but relentless, you know, they didn't, they didn't let up. Uh, sometimes teams let up when they, when they go ahead. And, um, that's, that's been, you know, an asset for them. And I think they have been, been very good. Um, they, they manage Ignacio Ambriz. He's, he's been doing a fantastic job. And yeah, I'm, I'm really curious to see. The sky seems to be the limit for them at the moment and curious to see how they're going to get on in the Liguela because I'm pretty sure that's where they're going to go to. Yeah, it definitely looks that way, doesn't it? Uh, uh, Manu, let, let's just uh, quickly, um, before we wrap anything up, because I feel that we could talk about this. Um, we could talk about this for a little bit. Um, well, well, we'll talk about the biggest surprises and the biggest disappointments of the season. Um Surprises we've kind of already mentioned, haven't we? Morelia, we've, we've mentioned uh, Nick Caxa. But um, who are the biggest uh, disappointments? I have a feeling that we're going to mention Chivas. I mean, Chivas, uh, for me, have. I, I just can't believe how bad they've been. I did. Even when they got up to a poor start, I thought that they would pull it around. And it, it's just. It just hasn't for them. They've won, sure, the last two games, but. Mm. Yeah, the, even at that, they haven't looked convincing, have they? Yeah, and it's actually surprising that they can still make the Liguela at this stage. Um, of course, that's very unrealistic. Although I've seen crazier things. Um, but I would put Chivas um, as one of the big disappointments. And then, um, but then they, you know, disappointment number three, maybe. And then Pumas and Caradao are number one and two. And I think Pumas were probably the biggest disappointment. Um, a side that at times, then the Clausura was so exciting, um, last time around. And this was, this was a horrendous half season by them. Yeah. I, I would say that, yeah, they've, they've been not, well, they've been by far the worst because obviously they're at the bottom of the table, but it's surely for Pumas, it, this is less of a surprise than it is uh, the Chivas disaster. I mean, Chivas just haven't got going at all. Well, it's a champion. You expect the champion to be one of the sides that's going to challenge for the title. And that hasn't happened. And I think that that is always very disappointing to see. But it's it's funny that, you know, remember when we had Tom Marshall on and he said that, he wasn't too surprised by it because he felt that the team was performing above its means. Chivas um, are so limited in a sense that they can't, 
they can't go and buy foreigners, right? They can only um, operate within the pool of talent that they have accessible to them um, in Mexico or Mexicans abroad. And um, remember in the, during the draft last summer, there was a lot of talk about them bringing in Carlos Vela. And I think that from what I've gathered and from what I've heard, um, Carlos Vela was pretty much a done deal before he ended up taking the US dollars at um, LA Galaxy, where he's going to in March, right? Oh, not sorry, not LA Galaxy, Los Angeles Football Club, uh, LAFC. And I think that they sort of, it's maybe the wrong way to say it, but they sort of built their entire foundation for this entire season on the fact that they were going to sign Carlos Vela for big money and that he's going to be the big star. He's going to be this addition and then it didn't happen. Right. And that is something that, um, when, when you, when you build your squad and during the draft and then, you know, doing training camps and as you go up to the season, sometimes management banks it all in one transfer and hopes that that transfer is going to be that addition that you need in order to sustain your success. And, um, when you put all your cards into one basket, you know, and you hope that that's how it's going to work out for you. And then it fails. It seems like there wasn't a plan B for them to, to sign a, another marquee player, to sign a guy that, that could propel them to um, build on the success. And that can be tricky. You know, they can't, they, they, they're not like Tigers would then say, okay, well, there's this guy in Germany who's uh, French with Polish roots who we can just buy. Because we, A, we have money and B, we don't, we don't care about the amount of foreigners in our squad as long as it's within the foreign limitation rules, right? So they can't do that. So for, for Chivas, they're kind of like a national team side. Um, they, they fall within cycles of youth players develop, which is, there is something very romantic and great about it. And I'm, I'm not suggesting by any means that Chivas should end that, but that is, that is maybe something that is quite tricky for them. Yeah, they're very much set up like Athletic Bilbao. If mm-hmm. uh, if you're based in Europe, who can only sign uh, Basque players, uh, I think it would have been fantastic for them to get Carlos Vela. And it's a little bit of a shame for Liga MX that that didn't go through, and also a massive uh, shame for Chivas. It would look like. Um, I I think I agree with you that um, that uh, Pumas have probably had uh, had the worst season, but Chivas for me would be my biggest disappointment i think um it, just a uh, very quick who would be your biggest surprise then we've already mentioned morelia and nakaxa would it be one of those sides yeah and leon can't forget leon they, they have been fantastic they've, they've been solidly fourth uh, or solidly placed fourth uh this week but they've they've been in in those positions all season really yeah and they won 6-2 against Veracruz, and that was a fantastic game um, very good side, and they have maybe the best striker in the league right now, in uh, Mauro Bozzelli. Who's, he's already scored eleven goals, and you know he's been outstanding, a great player. So um, they're actually one of they maybe the underdog in the playoffs and a side to watch. So I would I would put them in there. And the Morelia, <laughs> um, I will never forget that last match day of the of the Clausura when. Uh, Ruida scored and got them into, got them into the Ligoela, but also saved them from relegation at the same time. And, um, they have been basically on it since then. And he has been on it since then. He's been keeps, keep scoring. So he's, uh, he's another really positive surprise for me as well. And as is, as the entire club. Could you imagine if Rui Diaz was to take that Morelia side all the way to Ligia final? Well, oh. What, what dramas that would be, hey? Drama is uh, the right word, yeah. <laughs> uh, because I think that Rui Diaz, um, Gold and uh, Morelia managing to get into the gear and ev- avoid relegation uh, last season will probably go down as one of our fondest football memories. Um, but um, I think that more or less does it uh, this week. Uh, I think we'll just uh, wrap things up. Uh, Manu, can we confirm that we'll probably be supporting uh, Atlas midweek? Uh, I don't know. Is is that the best way to for the storyline? I, I think story wise, I think that's that's going to be our best outcome if they can uh, 
pull off a, a miraculous win. But um, I suppose we're just here and part of the ride, really. But, um, Mary, what would you like to uh, draw people's attention to uh, that you've got coming up this week? Yeah, we have, we have the Champions League and Europa League previews up on uh, Football Grad and Fußball, uh, Um We have a big MLS preview for the playoffs for the first round. The first game, of course, took place uh, last night between between Vancouver and Seattle ended in a 0-0 draw. Um, the second leg is on Thursday. So that preview can be found on footballsidage.com. Uh, Nico and I wrote it together. Um, Nico is responsible for the Vancouver prediction. He will be wrong. He'll be wrong. Nico, if you listen, you'll be wrong. Anyways, and so, yeah, go check that out. And yeah, um, other than that, all the stuff that we do at Football Grad Live Price. And you can follow me at Manuel Weff. Um, I'll be heading to Europe pretty soon um, to hang out with you guys, um, Football Grad on tour. That's going to be fun. So I'm really looking forward to that. Yes, lots of exciting things happening at Football Grad. And as Manu said, you can head over to Twitter at Football Grad Live for all the Champions League and midweek action going on in Europe and MLS and, well, plenty, plenty more. I'm sure there'll be some comments on Mexican football there as well. Uh, I've been your host, uh, Bryce Dunn. You can find me on Twitter at Bryce Dunn 11 Guys, if you've been enjoying the podcast, please head over to uh, Likes of iTunes and just give us uh, some positive feedback. Uh, leave some comments uh, and maybe even a, a positive, uh, well, five-star review. Uh, but uh, apart from that, uh, enjoy the midweek game. Uh, we hope that it's as lively as the rest of the league and we'll have an update again next week for you. Thank you and bye. the holiday season if there wasn't candy, right? Celebrate the holiday season with the Holiday Crush. They've sprinkled candy with a holiday theme and fun-packed challenges every week for five whole weeks, finishing on January 4th. The more challenges you complete, the better your chances of unwrapping delicious rewards. So, are you ready to crush the holidays? Play the Holiday Crush now. Download it from the App Store, Google Play, or Windows Store for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.